Hello and welcome. My name is Rima and I started this podcast for two reasons. One was simply because I wanted something that encouraged me to sit down over coffee or tea or whatever and have a conversation. Although I'm aware of what's happening in everyone's life thanks to social media, it can be months and sometimes years before I actually reconnect with certain individuals. So this was a way for me to enforce that commitment to myself personally. And the second reason I started this project, which is what I'm calling it, is because everyone I know has something valuable to say based on their career or lifestyle or where they're at in life right now. And I thought, why not share that? So this is about reconnecting with friends, meeting some new ones perhaps, and sharing some insight along the way. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this podcast will be done remotely for the time being. I do look forward to the day where I'm able to meet with friends in person once again. Thank you for joining. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Uh, It feels like we're on like day 900 of the pandemic. Um, But I'm very excited today to have my good friend Celeste Gagnon-Smale on the call with me. And just to give you a bit of a background in terms of how Celeste and I know each other, we've known each other since high school. We met when I joined the hiking club. We used to we used to hike before hiking was cool, right, Celeste? It's true. <laughs> and um, as the, the whole time I've known Celeste, I've always known her to be an artist. Um, I have a distinct visual of her walking out of grade 12 art class with a huge canvas of some sort of artwork pretty much every day of the week. So just to give you all a bit of... Um, a background on what Celeste, uh, what Celeste does and has been doing over the last 10 years. She's been a freelance illustrator uh, and in both illustration and design. She's worked with a variety of clients in children's book publishing, including uh, educational workbooks like Franklin the Turtle. Um, Celeste has also designed and illustrated interactive workbook journals for the Maple Leaf Canadian Doll Collection, which I know a number of which have won awards. And on her own personal time and her own personal work, Uh, She's worked with the World Wildlife Federation Canada, the City of Markham's Green Print Sustainability Program, and Ontario Parks. And I know that the Discovery Parks activity books that you did also won an Award of Excellence from from Interpretation Canada. So uh, you've been really busy since we graduated from high school. (laughs) I think we all have. (laughs) Yeah. We also both have families, so that also has kept us busy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess first question is, has there ever been any other career that you considered or have you always had a firm belief and dream that your career would entail art of some kind? And the reason I ask that is, like I said, I've always had an image of you painting or drawing something um, since I've known you. Yeah, I think that um, <clears throat> I always knew that, sorry, <clears throat> I always knew that art would be part of it. Um, I didn't know necessarily specifically what, I mean, I've always loved science and environment and other aspects of, of biology and, and whatnot, but, um, math was never my friend. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I, just, I decided to look at what I was good at and how I could apply that to things that, that interested me. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did when you I, remember, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so when I, when I first went to, decided to go to college um, for the arts, I wanted to go into commercial arts because I wanted to also be able to support myself. Mm-hmm. 
um, and commercial arts, you're, you're going to make money at some point if you work hard. Okay. Um, I wanted to do animation because that's what everybody was talking about. And Sheridan being the school that was closest to us art wise, um, had a huge animation program and still does. Mm -hmm. Uh, when I went to the college and I saw the student works and I saw the illustration department, I completely changed direction. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Um, there's, the illustration has so much more uh, different directions you can go in. You can be editorial. You can do book. You can do um, technical illustrations. You can do you can do work in animation as like stills and backgrounds and storyboarding. So it kind of had that that variety that I loved. You didn't have to pinpoint yourself to one specialty. Mm-hmm. So so you switch from animation to illustration. Yes. Okay. And once you d- once you did start working um, and got into your career, um, how like and I and I mean you've had a really successful career over the years. How do you continue to love what what you do when it becomes work? Um, if I'm going to be completely honest, mm-hmm. you don't always love it. Right. Um, so being able to be creative. Is something that I will never, ever complain about. Um, to say that you love every job that you do, I mean, nobody can say that about any choices yeah. of career, I think. That's um, so I have, I have some clients who will pick my, my style and say, can you do this for us? This is the subject. What, what can you offer? Mm-hmm. And I love those jobs because then you can make it more personal and you can be more creative and you're putting yourself into the work. Mm-hmm. That's what you go. That's what you go into it for. Yeah. Um, there are other clients that say we need this exactly, and and that's a paycheck, right. and you do it, but but you're not doing it. There's no passion in there. There's no there's no creative expression necessarily in there. Yeah, um, it's, just the, it's just the work. It's the job. So yeah. those contracts are not as often. Like I, I find that the clients I have are, are really terrific for the most mm-hmm. part. Yeah. And they do hire you because you are an artist and they see that you can bring something to the table. Yeah. Those are the jobs I love. And would you say that that's something that, you know, you've had, you have the privilege to do now, but when you first started your career, that's probably not, that probably wasn't always the option. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And to be honest, when you're starting your career, you don't know what you can bring to the table yet. That's true. Yeah. Because you're still learning that yourself. So, and you don't know what risks you can take or how far you can push something, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's, um, that's kind of a learning curve as well. And you're just desperate for printed work at that right. point. Yeah. Like, I really want my name out there so that people start to know who I am and will hire me. Mm-hmm. So, for so those start, are, start hard. Yeah. And so for those that are just starting out, would you say, it, although it may seem tough at first and you feel like your creativity may be, um, squashed sometimes like would you encourage them to just keep at it and continue to do their creative stuff on the side and eventually it'll be a combination of the two or um I mean I would encourage somebody who's just starting out or somebody who has been doing it for I guess 20 odd years like myself mm-hmm. to do to draw every day draw every day for yourself okay. um, whether it's like just a little doodle or the beginning of something that you want to make, but draw something every single day 
that mm-hmm. may never see the light of day. Um, right. Because you'll, you'll explore your style that way. Um, you'll continue to grow. You're doing stuff just for the sake of drawing, which is why, why you're doing this to begin with. Um, yeah. Don't, don't always do it for the jobs. Like don't do it with the idea in the back of your head. How can I monetize this? Right. Yeah. Um, because when you do that, you're taking all the fun out of it. Mm-hmm. No, so, and I mean, and for new artists, I mean, absolutely draw every day. You need to do that. You need to do that because some of your personal pieces might be the pieces that get you the next job because it's just Experience. you and it's cool. And it's, mm-hmm. You know, um, when you're drawing something that somebody else has asked you to do and that's what's in your portfolio, those are the jobs you're going to keep getting. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You know, I mean, practice makes perfect is, I mean, it's just a basic. It, it does. It does. But it's also like not tying you into one type of drawing. Like if somebody says to me when I first got out of school, um, we need a label for a seed packet. So I drew a, a tomato seed or a tomato plant, or let's say. Yeah. Um, and that's what's in my portfolio is plants. Then those are the jobs I'm going to get. I'm just going to be drawing plants for the rest of my life. Right. Yeah, right. So, so if you build up, yeah, draw what you love, what you like, because that's what people are going to see. And that's what people are going to hire you for. Mm-hmm. No, that that's good advice. So was there anyone in particular that was a source of inspiration for you as a young artist? Or did you just always just decide to draw? Or was, was it was it something or was it someone that inspired you at first? Um, I don't think... There was any one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always, I've always loved art and looking at it. Um, I like fine art. I like commercial arts. I like animations. I like uh, it's just such a wide variety of stuff. The stuff that influenced me maybe back in high school is not the stuff that would influence me now necessarily. Right. Yeah, the stuff I really love looking at now has nothing to do with the kind of art that I do, mm-hmm. and I think it's just um, enjoying art for the sake of enjoying art, not because it's mine. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah. Like I, I, you get tired of looking at your own stuff. Sometimes you need to look at others and just be like, wow, this is great. You know, this is, this is interesting. It's kind of new and fresh to me. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, what I really love looking at is illustrators slash fine artists that do both because I would love to do that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, as I grow, I would love to do a bit more fine art on the side kind of thing and have my commercial art be what I do for a living. Mm -hmm. So there are some people that do that beautifully. Okay. So really it was just, um, it wasn't one particular, wasn't one particular person or anything that inspired you. It was just, you love looking at art at different types of art at different stages in your life, which makes sense with so many things really. You, it you is. It is different books at different times in your life. Different music. Different. Exactly. You know. So no, that that makes sense. So you've been self-employed for some time now. Uh, what made you decide to go in that direction? Um, it was a. It was always a goal to work for myself. Um, when I got out of college, I found a job working for a company. It kind of just happened, which was terrific. It was um, Kids Can Press, a publishing house, which is now owned by Chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, that was just an opportunity to get in that I couldn't say no to. Yeah. Um, 
when I had Amelie, my first child, uh, that's when Chorus bought Kids Can Press. And there was a bunch of layoffs just from restructuring. Mm-hmm. And I was one of the layoffs, which was actually the best thing that ever happened because that forced me to to start on my own. Mm-hmm. Which that's was terrifying because I had a way that, that that's exactly what happened with me as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's it was scary because you're you're now like unemployed and you have a newborn and you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to do the mom thing and start a business yeah. with a, a baby at home. But um, honestly, it was the best thing. And it didn't take, it didn't take as long as I thought because I had kind of a portfolio built. I had experience now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it did actually work out, work out really well. Mm-hmm. And it's been that way ever since now. Yeah. I never looked back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of changing direction a little bit here, but would you say that, I mean, you have two young kids. Um, would you say that everyone is an artist in their own way? I'm sure you've managed to transfer your love of art to your children um, as you have your love of the environment and other things. But I guess what I'm trying to say is I personally don't believe that I'm a good artist, but sometimes I wonder if, I just wasn't exposed to it enough as a child or encouraged enough. And I know, of course, there are different forms of art. Um, but would you say that all children are artists? I um, I strongly believe that children are a million times more creative than any adult. Uh, so when we use the term artist and we associate it only to visual arts, I think that's handicapping them to a certain degree. Um, Yes. I think that all children are artists in some way. Their creative thinking is like, it's something that we lose. And I don't know if we lose it through the way we're we're taught Mm -hmm. um, or things are just not encouraged because arts are not always considered essential as in right now with the, Um, you look around and what is, what is saving everybody's sanity right now? It's all the musicians and the artists and, you know, the, the authors that are reading their books online to kids and, you know, it's absolutely essential. And I think that, um, yeah, I think all children are artists. I think it's just finding their way of expressing it. Right. That is important. I totally agree with that. Um, And And, and not obvious stuff either. Sometimes it's like um, creative problem solving to me is right. an art. So you yep. look at engineers and builders and architects, you know, like mm-hmm. this is all, it's all uh, creative expression. Right. No, I yeah. totally agree. And I guess it's just finding a way to encourage that in children. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to me, really the way to do that is um, let them explore. Right. Yep. Just encourage them to, to explore and figure things out. And I'm sure, I mean, this kind of ties in that there there are lots of benefits um, for kids when it comes to art. And there's a benefit to adult for adults, too, as we're seeing now. I mean, it's like you said, it's the arts that's really keeping everyone's sanity. Um, yeah. So what would you say are some of the, the benefits for kids when it comes to the arts? Um, to me, the arts is is a form of expression. So whether you're a kid or or an adult, you need a creative outlet of some kind Mm -hmm. um, just for like mental health and emotional health. 
Yes. Um, so children who are dealing with things, um, sometimes drawing or singing or dancing helps them work through things, issues, uh, topics. Yeah. I think that it's very important to have some kind of creative outlet. And for adults, I mean, I'm going to give my husband as an example. Okay. <laughs> um, he, he's an engineer, mm-hmm. um, so works in, very, in a very technical, structured kind of environment. Yes. Uh, he was coming home super grumpy, unhappy, um, and stressed out. And he was just like completely unmotivated. And then when, we, when he was in university, he had, was drumming for a little while. And I said, well, why don't you try doing something? just for fun yeah um so we actually went out and just like spontaneously bought a drum kit (laughs) and and then he joined uh an adult learning band kind of scenario and and the change in him he's so happy and it's just it's just that creative expression that was and i think that you know it worked out all the kinks and stress it he realized that you know work didn't have to define what he was doing or who he was. He had this other way of kind of like expressing himself. And so for children and adults alike, I think everybody needs some kind of creative outlet. Yeah. No, that, that is, that's good advice. I mean, it's very true. It makes total sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And for all the parents that are home right now with their kids, do you have any advice in terms of little things that they can do to encourage art into the everyday? Yes, absolutely. Um, for one, I wouldn't I wouldn't label it because kids, as soon as you say, we're going to do this, we're going to do art. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I think that um, if you just sing with them or draw or dance or make instruments out of like glasses and water and beat some pans or, mm-hmm. you know, build Lego, make Play-Doh make a cake and let them decorate it with whatever candy they want. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things is ways for them to explore different kinds of art mm-hmm. without it actually being kind of a lesson. An assignment of some sort, right? Right, right. Like let it be p- through play, like learning through play mm-hmm. is is to me the best way to let them figure out what they like, what they're good at. As soon as you see something that they're really enjoying, encourage that, do it more, do different varieties of that mm-hmm. and see and see how they grow. And are there any websites uh, or individuals you recommend that might be a good idea to follow for parents uh, to get inspired in any way? Um, so for right now, there I know there's a lot of um, book illustrators doing drawing tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I've Mo seen Williams them. being one of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oliver Jeffers is reading his books um, and showing his illustrations and uh, if you go to different uh, company sites like yeah. Curry's Art Artist Materials, they have tutorials uh, showing different kinds of painting and drawing techniques. And and if you go to YouTube, also there's lots of science experiments and and play through things that you have around the house in your kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, like I it's just I, just a matter of digging a little bit. Yeah, and I I feel like it's just there's so much right now. I mean, I. There is a lot. <laughs> uh, sometimes I feel like I, I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed by how much is available. <laughs> yes. And, uh, trying to narrow it down a little bit is 
I, it's hard. Finding is hard because I just feel like I want them to do it all. <laughs> it's just all so yeah. amazing and there's so many resources out there. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I personally find I'm finding it a little bit overwhelming, but I guess maybe it's just a matter of taking one thing at a time that seems interesting and seeing if they find interest in it and going from there. And if there's something they already like, if there is um, like a, a book series that they love, yeah. go to that publisher's website and see if they're doing anything right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes you'll find something by that author or by that illustrator um, yeah. or by that musician, if it's music that they enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's a good idea too. Yeah. The starting point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a lot. Yeah. There is a lot. And, and in a way it's, it's amazing how generous people are being right now with, with their creative content, because normally this is all stuff that we would expect payment for. For sure. Um, as you should. Right. Um, but you're right. Yeah, everyone, everyone has been really generous, which is, it just shows the great humanity in all of us, you know, during this time. It does. And what would you say is the biggest misconception you find a people might have when it comes to being an artist? Um, so I think people who are getting into it think it's going to be all fun and games. Mm-hmm. You get to draw and paint or whatever it is you do. And, and that's it. It's wonderful. Um, which it is, it's it's great, but there's also a business aspect to it that I think a lot of people forget. Right. I mean, you're, you're an entrepreneur. You're you're not only painting and drawing. You're also marketing yourself and mm-hmm. doing the paperwork, invoices, and everything yeah. else that goes with being being a business owner. Mm-hmm. Um, people who hire artists, um, I think the misconception there is that we do it just for the love of doing it. And forget that we also need a paycheck. Right. Fair paycheck. Yeah. And so I, um, I mean, that's hard for beginning artists because they're so hungry for exposure that sometimes they feel that that pays, that that's the value there is the exposure. And it's, that's a tricky, a tricky trap. Yes. Yeah. Uh, people tend to, I mean, just from working in marketing for so many years, I've, I've worked with a number of different artists graphic designers and different forms of artists and there definitely is this I find this expectation from artists or assumption that you know something is because we personally aren't the artists we don't necessarily understand the work that's going into everything so right something that we request that we perceive to be something simplistic could in reality take them two to three hours to do and Nobody else would do right. two to three hours of work without asking for payment. But yet, for whatever reason, you know, there's this sort of expectation from artists sometimes. Um, or maybe it's because there's a lack of knowledge at how much is truly involved in that work, right? Right. Well, and the other thing is, um, like, it might only take you one or two hours to do that that quick illustration, in quotation marks, mm-hmm. for a company. But you're able to do it that fast because you have 10 years of experience. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not coming out of nothing. Right. Yeah. So you're yeah, not, you're not paying for the actual product. You're paying for the experience behind that product. Like, I'm giving you this drawing. 
it took me only a couple hours, but because of my 10 years of experience, I was able to do it quickly. I know that it's going to work for you Mm -hmm. because I've done this kind of thing before. Yeah. Right. Makes total sense as as with any other career. Absolutely. But, and that's the hard thing to, to quantify is like you are doing something that is creative and it is a passion and it is something that you love. Um, How do you put a dollar sign on that? Mm-hmm. It's not like you're delivering a product that had a value in parts and pieces to put together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. That's, so it's um, hard. It's hard enough for an artist to value themselves properly. It's even harder to explain it to somebody else. Yeah. No, I can definitely <laughs> see that struggle for sure. Yeah. We had a little bit of that struggle um, in PR, but even we have sort of a metric system for that. So it's yeah. Uh, it's, Yeah, I can definitely see the struggle with that. And I guess when you're first starting out, it's really also about building confidence when asking for payment and understanding your worth. Yeah, it's very hard. Well, even even now, it's hard to properly guess what you're worth, I think, Mm -hmm. for me anyway, because of my personality. I have a hard time saying that, you know what, I deserve this amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. And I can do it in my head. But mm-hmm. it's hard for me to say it to that person. And if they say, well, why? It's like, well, yeah, because. So, it's so interesting because, again, <laughs> because I, awesome. I, I yeah. feel like nobody would flinch at that at whatever cost if it was a doctor asking for a certain payment or a lawyer exactly. or, so, you know, exactly. and it's sort of an established career that, you know, that has been known to, to make that kind of money. But with artists, it's like a whole other area. It's very yeah. Now, for people who have a really hard time with that, you can get an agent. I mean, it's the same as acting. Okay. I didn't so, know that. So they do take, yeah, so they do take a percentage of mm-hmm. whatever you bring in, but you don't have to market yourself if you're really, really bad at that. Yeah. If that's something that you really are incapable of doing, um, and, then and there is somebody advocate for some, you that's some interesting advice to give to some people who are aware that they're not the right person to sell themselves sell their work yeah that way right yeah okay so of all the work you've done in your career what would you say has been the most rewarding and what has been the most challenging um okay so the most rewarding would be being able to say that I own my own company and I work for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite job though, was the Ontario parks discovery books. Mm-hmm. And it's because I worked with uh, wonderful people, but it was also on a topic that I just completely adored. So it, it didn't feel like work that project. It was huge. It took me, I think almost a year to do that, that project. Um, but it was drawing and design and, and, creating games and it was just everything about it was wonderful yeah and so, you, you have that was a passion my favorite. for the environment naturally i mean i do back to our hiking days so yeah. i feel like it's a com- it was a combination of so many interests for you it was and and to be honest like i go on a to ontario parks trail with the kids now and they're handing out my books for because they're freebies yeah. these these books they're amazing they're like 24 page full colored activity books um, interactive online and it's completely free. They're giving them away to kids when they come into the park. And it's just so cool to see all these kids playing with this thing that I created, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's, 
it's just yeah it's the best feeling so that was my favorite proud of for sure it is absolutely um the hardest thing for me is marketing Mm -hmm. marketing myself and i just it's it's hard for me to um We'll probably tell somebody that they need to hire me. Yeah, to, to tell somebody they need to hire me. Why I'm so why I'm be so great for their job, and it's not because I don't think that I am. Like I, I know I can do the work, and I know I can do it well. But I don't, I don't enjoy selling myself. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Yeah, and that's probably a struggle for for many people in general who who start their own business with whatever interest it is that they're they're working in. Um, yeah. I find that marketing for some individuals is the hardest part. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's, it's hard to think about whether you need new marketing material um, and what would that be? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to think about, you know, when this contract's ending, I need to find work before this contract ends. So I have another job coming. Yeah. Uh, so that, that kind of on and off panic that all freelancers feel. Yeah. Um, it's it's nice when I get repeat clients because <laughs> then yeah. I don't have to think about it quite as much, which is I've been lucky enough to have for the past few years has been I haven't had to look for a lot of work, which is very, very nice. Well, but I, it's I, a luxury and it feels like there's like a time limit to that. So I'm just waiting. Yeah. Well, I I mean, it has been 20 years. So I think you're good. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, to me and, and to all the other um, freelance illustrators that I talk to. Yeah. We all have that same fear. It's like it's we have contracts, end. we have contracts. You're yeah. buried in them because everybody's afraid to say no because you don't know when the next one's coming. Yeah. Um, and then it's like it's a feast or famine. So you're either really, really busy yeah. or you're like, uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Where's the next one? <laughs> I know. So well, if you ever if you ever want some marketing advice, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> yes. I know where to go. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I feel like in all the experience I've had in marketing, um, a lot of it comes, a lot of the marketing indirectly is from the work and in everything yes. that I've seen and everyone and, and many of the, the brands that I've worked with, because truly you can't, it's so, you can do it. You can absolutely market a product or a service that isn't good. But when you have something that is good, that is quality, I mean, that that is the juice of the marketing. Yes. So Yeah. And, and so that would bring me to. Um, one thing that I always tell illustrators who, cause sometimes I'll have student illustrators from college who will email me a list of questions that they have to do for a course or whatever interview somebody with experience. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I'll say is, um, it doesn't really matter what's in your portfolio. You're only as good as your last job. Right. That's what people see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your motivation to just give every job your, your hundred percent. Exactly. Always. Exactly. No. Nope, and it is. It's your best marketing tool. It's your last job. Always yeah. your last job. That's great advice for sure. And I mean, having to, you know, when you are swamped and you have, you know, those periods where you have so much work, like how do you manage to keep track and meet those deadlines um, working from home? Because I know that that is, that's part of the struggle of being self-employed and working from home um, is keeping yourself on track. Yeah. Um, being organized is, is very important. Um, I, I block my time. So when I get up in the morning, my office, my commute, my commute's so terrible. I just walk downstairs, Yeah. but, um, but I always make sure to be dressed. Um, I go downstairs, I make a pot of coffee 
And then I start doing what I need to do. And I block time. So I have like this chunk of time I'm working and no distractions. And then I'm going to take like a 10, 15 minute break to do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Then I'm going to sit back down. I have another like two hour chunk of time where I don't do anything else. No social media. I just focus on what I need to do. And it, it is really about just being disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I w- I would say the same when I started to work. Mm-hmm. It takes it takes practice for sure. It, it takes time. Um, but yeah, you you do start to recognize when what type of env- environment you need to do your best work, and yeah. then you create that environment as the days go by for sure. And and when you're most productive. Yes. And then when you get used to everything, that's when it changes because you have kids. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then there's a pandemic and then, then you have to and work the pandemic and, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, to anybody who's who's trying to work from home right now during this pandemic, this is a whole other beast. I don't expect yeah. I, I can't even do it right now. Yeah. And I've been doing it for I mean, fifteen odd years working yeah. from home. Um yeah, so I, everybody needs to give themselves a break. I agree completely. when it comes to working I mean, from home right now. I can't do it either. Um I just feel like, you know, whoever is struggling with that, I just, you know, just be happy you can get through the day at this point, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I think like priorities are different right now. I, I mean, work has to be done. So, I mean, Andrew's working from home right now. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So he, but he's working with people. So he has to be available during the day to work. Mm-hmm. So I, really have kind of put my stuff aside. I work here and there in between when I can. Yeah. Um, I'll work at night. It's, it's kind of like when they were toddlers again. Yeah. They work at night and we're keeping themselves busy. But the priority is, is, not, is not for me to get work done during the daytime. It is for Andrew to get work done. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we're lucky enough that we are both here and we can share that. Yes. For people yeah. who are trying to work from home and juggling everything else, I just – Take a deep breath. Give yourself yeah. a break, because the priorities are not are not the same right now. Absolutely, and I think that even work work and companies don't don't expect the same. No, I think everybody's yeah, everybody's being very very good about it. I think. Yeah. And those that aren't, well, then maybe you want to think about that. And right. is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> is that the kind of bond you want? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so. I wanted to ask, I mean, I, I know personally that um, I have parents with kids who, who, who have recognized that they have a certain love for art and they, um, you know, they do, they do it and th- their parents do encourage it. But I know with a lot of parents, they do have this struggle in their mind with, with you know, how are they going to, in the future, turn this into a career? Or, you know, how are they ever going to make money from this? You know, yeah. you always hear about the, okay, you can't be a starving actor for the whole, your whole life. Or, you know, so how do we shift that mindset with parents and, and you know, reassure them that it, you can, it can absolutely turn into a career and how to sort of encourage that in, in their children, in their vocabulary, in their communication? Because I sometimes feel like we really do steer our kids away from certain things that we don't necessarily in our mind see as a career in the future. Right. That's a good question. Um, it's, 
It's hard to answer because, um, I mean, I was always very lucky to have encouraging parents. Yes, you um, were. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I was also always a realist. And I mean, I worked through college and I worked until I got the job at the publishing house while I did art. I always worked at like a coffee shop where I did something, and you know, the typical art jobs, yes. art supply store, coffee shop, waitress, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think that if this generation of people that are going to be raising kids or that are raising kids right now can think of the arts as something other than just um, an expression of self, mm-hmm. it can be, uh, it could be so much more. I mean, you're, you're really truly surrounded by art every day and you don't even really see it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, the arts can be incredibly practical. I mean, the commercial arts like I'm in, um, I do educational material, I do picture books, I do, um, I mean, I do logos and stuff like that. It's it's something that's around, but it's not necessarily as broad reaching. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have architects, you have um, urban designers, you have, I, those are all very creative, very artistic fields. Yes. Um, you have, you know, I and, and I know you're kind of leaning more towards the the musicians and the actors and the fine artists that want to do these things and make money. Um, those are harder. Mm-hmm. It's the chances of you getting in are a bit slimmer. Mm-hmm. But I think that anything that you are willing to to work at and find a way in, um, I think it's easier now in a way with social media and the internet. If you can build a presence somehow online, um, you can you can develop that, and people will, will come to you, mm-hmm. which is not a tool that I really had back in that back when we started. Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess so. There's a lot of work to, to what, create work. And going back to what you said even earlier in the podcast, just if you enjoy drawing, then draw something every day. You know, if you enjoy yeah. building, then then build something. Right. Just continuing yeah. to do that passion um, and parents encouraging the kids to continue in that because one day someone might be looking at that to see if it's right for Absolutely. their business in some way. And, and all of these things can develop in a direction that is incredibly practical Yeah, that is needed. And I mean, honestly, as bad as this um, situation that we're in right now is, it is really highlighting the importance of the arts. It really is. Yeah. I, I think. And so maybe one of the benefits coming out of this is that people will see it as more of an essential thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the past few years, we've been talking about mental health a lot more than we ever did when we were growing up. That's true. Um, kind of open and honestly. And if you want to talk about, you know, emotional and mental health, the arts play a huge part in that. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, that maybe that could be part of our silver lining coming out of this. Mm-hmm. That would be great, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. It would. So it was would. there um, was there anything else you wanted to add as we wrap up the podcast? <laughs> um, no, I can't really think of anything that I, I didn't go on about. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that um, I, if I had to leave anybody with anything, it would just be to do something creative every day. Yeah. Something whether it's drawing or music or performance or something that you did just to express yourself writing, especially right now, 
um, you know, just jotting down feelings, doing a doodle, something to kind of document what's going on for yourself and just to kind of help you through it and maybe develop a bit of a skill that you didn't necessarily know you had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's huh. another, another good point as well. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining me um, remotely. <laughs> and uh, once, you know, once this pandemic is over, I will come and see you in person. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. um, We'll need to do that. Yes. No, absolutely. So yeah. Thanks again. And thank you to everybody who has been listening today.